0: Hey. Hey Michael, how you doing? I'm doing
1: good. How are you? Really good, mate. Really good. I've never used Anchor or heard of Anchor before, so this is all like a new experience for me, so I'm kind of excited to see how this works.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's uh look, basically it's just a it's, it's a phone call that gets recorded and Anchor uploads the recording to you know most if not all of the major um podcast platforms you know uh google music itunes spotify etc um so yeah if it's uh something you're interested in doing i definitely would recommend it
1: um yeah well i I, uh i guess we're gonna interview each other a little bit because i'm sure i don't know you might have some questions for me but i obviously have questions for you for my uh for my assignment but i also i'm just curious enough from i just had it i just interviewed uh tasha right now and she said some nice things about you so i'm kind of curious just from my own uh standpoint about things but uh yeah
0: cool well uh yeah i'll let you i'll let you lead the session um just for those who are listening i guess uh we're doing a, a research project here for michael and um
1: yeah i'll let you take it from here michael you sort of lead the way well unfortunately my stupid computer just shut off because the battery's messed up so all my questions i had prepared were there so i'm gonna try to get them on my phone right now so Let's see where I should even begin. Um, So basically, the paper I'm doing is like the title or the working title I have right now is how the rise of social media impacts the world of sports, specifically fans. Mm -hmm. And what I need to do is basically I need to have besides like the academic research and all that other things I need to do, I need to have six interviews with people who ideally I thought it was gonna be like anyone who's like a good big sports fan, but Given the interview I just had with Tasha, I I, I opened like my eyes up to a, a whole new universe of just like the professional like aspect of sports and business. But uh, I guess to begin like uh, the interview with you, um, I guess from just the beginning, like uh, who are you? How old are you? Where are you from? All that stuff. That's the little intro basics.
0: Yeah, so um, uh, I'm Terry um twenty seven born in Melbourne, Australia, um, and uh, obviously been been living in Israel for just over a year now. Um, I've been a, a sports fan, you know, for as long as I can remember. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Aussie Rules footy, but uh, that's the, the major sport in Australia and particularly in Melbourne. So I'm a massive Carlton Football Club fan and, um, yeah, I, you know, i talk about them a lot. I have the podcast, which is pretty much focused on them. Um, but I'm also a basketball fan. Um, I've played since I was four years old. Nice. And, um, yeah. So that, it's always been a passion of mine, watching, playing sport. I, I worked as a lawyer in Melbourne for just over three years, three and a half years. And mm-hmm. I sort of wanted to, I always had a vision of working in the sports industry. You know, I didn't know how or what that would look like. Um, so the opportunity to come to, to Israel and, and work for, um, you know, in the sporting industries is definitely something that's um, been on my radar for a while, not necessarily the Israel part, but yeah. So um, I work really closely with a lot of sports tech companies, um, particularly those in the um, in that fan engagement space. We do a lot of research for um, just, you know, specifically about how social media and other cord cutting trends have impacted the world of sports. So I think I'll be able to contribute to the discussion. here.
1: Yeah. It seems pretty perfect from, from what I hear. Um, so I guess to go on from there is, uh, not like um, when I, when I, when I'm going to ask you questions, it's more from your own personal use, not like anything business or anything like that. So cool. For your own personal usage, which social media platforms do you use?
0: Do you mean for just personal use in general? Use or? In general
1: yeah, yeah, personal use, not for not It could be obviously for sports as well, but just in yeah. general yeah.
0: use. Um, well, yeah, Facebook, Instagram uh, would be you know probably at the top. Uh, I use Twitter pretty. Uh, I, I read a lot of Twitter. Um, I'm currently using Scorum, which is a, a pretty popular one for me at the moment. That's for my for my blog. Um, yeah, they'd be the... Ma- oh, and I guess Anchor is the, the fifth
1: one. They're probably the, the five uh,
0: most popular right. for me.
1: Okay, cool. And then I guess within those uh, different social media, is there one specifically you use to interact with sports or do you use sports with all of them or is there any sort of difference between them? Um, so Scorum,
0: I I, I post my, my written sports blog. Mm-hmm. Um, within that, I also post my my podcast so i record the podcast on anchor and i sort of share the link amongst my my score page profile um i sometimes share some of my interviews on on facebook as well Uh, but yeah i would say Scorum and anchor would be my my two key
1: platforms for sport how much feedback do you get with uh with your podcast with like any interaction with fans or other people who are listening
0: yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I, I have a, a, you know, it's, it's interesting how many people you can you can meet through the podcast who just sort of share that same passion for, for the team. So, uh, obviously, um, not being in Melbourne and not being able to watch the watch the footy in, in real time um, is probably one of the, the catalysts for me actually doing the podcast. So, yeah, it's been good, whether it be just sort of random messages from people who listen to the show or... Uh, people who read the blog and and have comments about it. Uh, yeah, it's it's been good. It's it's interesting to see how many people I've I've actually met or connected with who I probably wouldn't have otherwise.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned Aussie rules football and basketball. Any other sports that you follow any like closely, or just those two really?
0: Uh, yeah, probably the Premier League. I'm a big Arsenal fan as well. Um, they would probably be the big three in terms of the sports that I watch, um, but yeah, I'm always open to watching, uh, you know, any sport really. Uh, it's uh, I can tennis is pretty popular
1: for me as well. Nice. Um, well, just like on a side note, like I mentioned before, like I'm the biggest Arsenal fan I know. So if you ever need to talk or want to talk Arsenal, I'm I'm always here. I, I'm alone. I, I don't really have any Arsenal fans friends. So. I need people to vent to about my struggles for the past twelve years.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Now you're you're more than welcome to to come on and talk about the Gunners, mate. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Um, So when you're watching games, if you're not at the stadium, how or do you do you go to games to watch them? Or basically, how do you watch games? Do you go to games? You watch on TV or computer, or do you just follow it on some uh, live like uh, stats or something like that? How what's your game experience like?
0: Yeah so for the footy obviously uh can't go to games cuz I'm I'm not in the country so I've uh, I just I stream them online there's a there's a service that you can pay for um that the AFL have set up and so I have my account and basically stream the games every week and uh just watch them there uh I guess for the for the NBA I you know watch it on oh, I stream it on the computer as well unless I'm you know watching it at a you know at a bar or something, but uh, the time in Israel is a bit different for the NBA than what it is in Australia.
1: If you were like in the States, would you wanna to go to the games or do you still prefer watching like on, on at TV? Uh, I like going to games. I'm definitely uh someone who likes to prefer to
0: be at games for sure.
1: So I guess the the next question kind of goes for 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 both situations, like when you're at the game and if you're either at a bar or watching like uh at home. Where is your phone during the game? Is it on you? Is it in your pocket? Are you holding it? Are you waiting to to tweet about the game or send messages about the game or are you focused on the game? Yeah, I've always got my phone out, um, checking stats, checking whether it be Twitter.
0: I think it's just sort of a a bit of an indication as to where we are now. You know, sport, it's not so much a linear event anymore. You're not just watching the the game, just you and the game anymore. You always got um the second screen or even sometimes the third screen so yeah i've um definitely got my phone in my hand and i've got okay so if i'm watching uh football i'll have the one of my football apps up same thing with basketball Uh, i play fantasy as well so i'm always checking stats
1: right um are you trying to interact with any other people around the world about the game that's going on or when you're watching the game you're just focused on like whatever specifically is going on in the game and you'll talk with people after the game
0: um, yeah i'd probably say i'm i'm more so focused on the game um i've got when I watch carlton play i've got a, a few really good mates back in Melbourne and we we text each other throughout the game just as it's happening so I guess for footy uh, I do have people that I speak with during the game uh, but if it's if it's the nba i'm I'm just focused on the game
1: all right um so when it' speaking of like interaction most time not most time but when it comes to the internet, it's very clear and obvious how there it can be a, a portal of a lot of negativity. so when things like whatever happened in uh like I had like a video I would show you like uh, in the Champions League final and Carius like made those two mistakes and everyone starts hating on him and all the death threats, is that something that obviously I wouldn't say you'd go that far, but would you use social media as a way to to bash players or things like that? Or is that, you think that's not really the right place and it shouldn't be, or what, what's your opinion on like negative out, like a negative responses towards players or teams or coaches on social media?
0: Um, well, when it comes to players I'm for me, it's strictly a no go zone. Um, I, I probably find myself criticizing the commentators who take shots at players more than anything. Um right. There's a few, there's a few commentators in, in the AFL who, are former players and you know for whatever reason they've forgotten what it's like to be a, a player and uh, some of them have been in my opinion overly critical so I find myself um, sort of engaging with them to try and put them in line but it, yeah in terms of players and um, you know obviously that was a pretty, pretty terrible situation um, with the Liverpool goalkeeper um, but yeah I, I definitely stay away from sort of bagging players on, on Twitter or whatever platform. Would you try to
1: defend the player at any time, or do you just—it's not your place? Like, just kind of ignore the the, the situation.
0: Um, it depends what the comment is. If I see a pretty pretty bad comment, I'll I'll probably go back at that person. Um, but for the most part, I try to try to stay away. I find that the um, you know German Cl- interesting quote today he was talking about. Um, the The mess with Urzil situation, and he was sort of backing him up, and he was saying that smart people for the most part, don't say a lot until they necessarily need to and um it's the less smart people that you know sort of lash out and, and and speak in bursts and I'm a little bit more in the in the first category I think I sort of like I like to stay away from criticism online and if I see something that I think needs to be addressed i'll I'll probably uh, address it with that that person or whoever's commenting um but yeah for the most part, I'm pretty chilled.
1: All right. So when it comes to your team though, like we're like Carlton blues, right? That's like the Mm. name of the team. Yeah. If people, if you see people bashing your team online, do you feel like you need to defend them at all? Or is it just not your place or what, what what would you do in that sort of situation?
0: Yeah. So if they're opposing supporters, if they're from a uh, supporters of another team talking about specific players, uh, for example, we've got a very young team. So, you know, these guys are like nineteen, 20. um, they're still finding their way. So we're not very good at the moment. So if I see uh, opposition supporters trying to, um, you know, make, you know, sort of have a dig at some of our players, I'll definitely stand up for them. And I guess with the podcast as well, I mean, I do a lot of reviews and, and whatnot. And so I guess you could say that there are times where I've I've criticized some of our players, but it's, it's always tried to be, you know, in a, in a constructive way, sort of for the betterment right. of the team. Um, I do a, a player ratings segment every, after every match. So, you know, some guys have
1: been rated as low as two and, you know, is it just when you, when you rate the players, is it just a number or do you give like a detailed explanation also behind it?
0: Yeah, it's a bit of
1: both. So you get the number out of 10 and a detailed explanation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah
0: uh um, so within that i mean you have i mean there are some players in our team who are just um they're just simply not at the standard uh, they, they're they just not they just haven't for whatever reason they just they have a, a limit to how good they can be so i try to talk about that but you know without going into too much detail and obviously
1: playing any professional sport is,
0: is, is pretty tough so you've got to think about that as well
1: right um so this past summer, the World Cup obviously happened. What was your level of interest uh, before it began? Obviously, Australia was there, so I'm sure you had some sort of interest in it. So, but how was from a besides your Australia outpack, Like how big? How excited were you for the World Cup? Oh, massively, massively! I watched. Uh, I think I might have missed
0: six matches for the entire tournament. Uh, wow. I was yeah, completely obsessed with it. Um, I loved every bit of it. I love the build-up. Um, you know, you get the best of the best. I was a bit sad not to see um, Ibrahimovic playing for
1: Sweden. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, obviously, I'm going to the next question is, what was your engagement at all of social media during, before, during, or after games? Like, were you involved at all? Did you get in, into any of the or anything going on, especially especially also in the final. Did, was there anything uh, going on with you and your social media
0: uh, beforehand? Probably not. During, I posted a few uh, a few pieces on my um, on my blog. Uh, in terms of interaction with you know the social media, I'd probably. Uh, I mean, I, I posted a few tweets during some of the Australia games, but I didn't really get sort of into the discussion on, on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. It was more right. so, um, you know, I, I posted, I think, uh, two articles on just sort of my experience uh, with the Aussies and uh, how I felt we went and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I didn't get too much involved in the conversation.
1: Okay. Um, so I guess this would be more for Twitter or Instagram, but have you ever tried to reach out directly to a uh, – a star player or a team and have they ever responded back to you? <laughs> um, I have tried to reach out to a star player. So I reached out to Kevin Durant once
0: on Twitter because I bought his shoes and, um, within a few months of having them, they just busted on me. And so I was hoping that if I tweeted him, he might send me a free pair, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Uh, p- apart from that, um, I mean, I had uh, one of the, the Carlton champions. He's retired now. Uh, he was the captain of the club uh, when I was very young, and he was sort of like my my first idol. Uh, he named, His name is Anthony Coutafidi. So I reached out to him early this season and um, asked him if he'd be interested in, in coming on the podcast and talking about the club and, and where we're at and a little bit about his experience. And he was really, really good enough of him to, to come on the show. And we did a 10-minute or so
1: interview, and uh, that was really cool. How was like when he first responded? How did you like? Did, were you surprised, or how did you feel when like you first got like a sponsor? Or not? Yeah, I was. Um, I, I
0: was surprised
1: to to see that he was he sort of he was, you know, obliging.
0: And he was happy to go ahead with it. Uh, obviously, I remember when uh, just before we got on the call, I was I was nervous. And I just I don't really get nervous, but you know, this is a guy that kind of idolizes as a kid, and you don't know him personally. You just know him based on all the great things he did as a player. Um and you know, he's he's such a humble guy and it was just uh yeah, I guess a bit of a surprise.
1: So first of all that's I'm I I've I've only reached out to like a few different people and the only I can't even think of anyone that actually responded to me. Um but um I'm trying to ask this question without giving you any answers. So Okay. I'm gonna like you're i'm 28 you said you're 27 so we basically live around the same time period and i'm sure you you live through the days where you didn't have a phone when you were like 12 or 14 or anything that so do you do you think since because the rise of social media and phones and internet and everything that being everywhere at all times how do you think it has changed um sports culture specifically being a fan
0: um, I think it's ingrained us more into the sport. I think if you were a, a, a fanatic beforehand, you just you now have an avenue to sort of grow that that passion. Uh you now have more angles, you have a better understanding of the game, you can understand your players a little bit better. I mean fantasy for example, when I was when I was, you know, going to the footy in at ten 11, 12 years old, there was no such thing as AFL Fantasy. Um, Whereas now, I'm now able to keep track of more players, maybe even in other teams because I have them in a fantasy team for example, or things like that. I think it's allowed the fan to become even more of a fan and uh, it's allowed us to have a a greater
1: knowledge of the sport. Are you still there? It sounded like it died. Yeah, did you hear that? yeah that's no, good um yeah what was it? uh no that sounds great um so i just had another question i went away da, 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 da. Yeah. um so basically it's just to clarify because I, I pretty much got it, but i just want to just make sure you th- it's more of a positive than negative and if anything right yeah definitely look i think i think anything anything in the world a- any
0: concept is all up to interpretation there's obviously a a downside to social media with obviously the criticism and whatnot. But, um, I think if you focus on the positives, you, you can really get the benefit. But I, I think for me, both as a sports fan, I think both, you know, for so- and for society as well, I think social media has been a positive. Um, it's all about how you use it for yourself. Um, but you know, focusing on sports in particular, I think it's, it's definitely helped us as fans.
1: All right. Um, I think that's basically it. Like, um, you pretty much answered everything I needed. And I'm down to just, like, talk with you now (laughs) as, like, a a person.
0: (laughs) Cool. Cool, man. Well, um, tell me a bit about your –
1: tell me a bit about the Gunners. What what have you felt so far in the season? I'm absolutely delighted. I I don't care that we're losing games. We're playing – both games, I felt like we could have won, especially the one against Chelsea. Like, we should have been up 5-2 at halftime. Like, our defensive mistakes will always be there, and it's going to take time for uh, Emery to get his uh, his tactics down. But if Aubameyang scored his chance, if Mkhitaryan scored his chance, if Ozil scored his chance, which they should have, but given the quality that they have, like, I'm not too worried about this season. I don't have any expectations. I don't think we'll win anything that great, but I'm excited for the future for the first time in... I don't even know how long, because I've been... I've been very vocal and like on my Facebook and Twitter and everything for about seven years to get Wenger out. So the fact that it's taken this long is like, it's a miracle for me.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'm,
1: i um, yeah, I'm glad Glad you said that,
0: I, especially with the, the patience thing. I, so for me, I'm, I'm a, this is my entering my sixth year as a, a genuine Arsenal fan. So I wasn't really into the premier league up until, yeah, 2012. Um, and then I just sort of fell in love with, with the Gunners uh, pretty much from the beginning. I have a, a really good friend of mine who's uh, yeah one of my best mates. And he's he comes on the podcast uh, a few times. You might have heard him, uh, Emilio. He did the Arsenal preview with me. Yeah, so, I heard him. Yeah, so he uh, he's, a, he's a mad Gunners fan. And um, yeah, I started watching games with him and, and fell in love from there. But uh, yeah, on, on to last week. Man, I'm still. Ble- I mean, we had obviously we had a few chances. Uh, the the
1: Abumanying miss is still in my mind. Seriously, uh, I'm genuinely shocked how that's even possible. But like, just that's what he's. That's what he does. I really. Uh, like but when I see shit like that, it just makes me like. When people, my favorite player was Giroud when he was at Arsenal, and when people would hate on him, I'd never get it. Like people don't understand how fucking hard it is to be a striker and not get service, and he works his ass off every game, and now he's a fucking world champion, and no one says shit.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. What about this week? How do you feel about us um, against West Ham? I think we should destroy
1: them. Like, so every, like it, it could go wrong, but given how we played on the road to Chelsea, like we should be able to bring the same energy, the same pace. And hopefully he makes some changes to the squad. Cause I'm, I'm, I really just, there's some things I wouldn't do anymore. Like I'm, I'm kind of losing my patience with, uh, Ozil and Shaka at the moment, but I would love to see him start, uh, Lacazette with Obama up top, but, I don't know. It's it's hard to... I, I really don't know much about this coach at all. So everything... I trust everything he's doing so far. So if he if he's playing a player, I believe he's doing it for the right reason.
0: Yeah, there's a few interesting points. I mean, for me, I just can't... I can't stand... I, I can't accept having Lacazette playing 15 minutes in a game. I just think it's crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. it's madness. Uh, I think Shaka has to be benched. I think we've got to start Torreira. Um, <clears throat> and I also... I want to see more of uh, Licksteiner. I, I think he's great. I think he's got that, that mental toughness that we probably lack at times in defense. Um, obviously, he's a, he's, a, he's a captain for his country and he's, he's, he's got a lot of experience. He's a little bit older. I think he's 34 or 35, but um, he's still pretty fit. I like him in the side. Um, but yeah, for me, the main change I want to see is Shaka to, to come off the bench and uh torreira to start and obviously lacazette if he starts or not i'm at this stage i don't really mind as long as he's not playing 15 minutes but i think he's got to play at least 30 40 minutes a game i, I just think this he's, he's just got too much quality
1: yeah i i definitely think they should start him over mkhitaryan and i i'd, I'd like to see mkhitaryan as a sub and i'd also like to see Danny welbeck because i felt like he he's playing his best he's ever played and if we still have him, let's see what he's got still. Because I I never believed in him, but he's starting to change my mind. The way he played last, the way he ended last season.
0: Yeah, he, he has he has his moments, doesn't he? He goes he goes up and down. I personally, I've just kind of kind of put him in the just non elite bracket, and I've just sort of said, okay, well, whatever we can get out of him, we can. He's great. I think he's more of a a guy that he's probably best suited to those. December fixtures when we're playing, you know, FA Cup matches, Capital Cup, yeah. those kind of things. I think is a really good player to have at that point in time for the seasons. Um, I don't know how much of an impact he's really ever going to have for us, you know, in the Premier League or in the Champions League. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we've got... I mean, Iwobi is sort of the the next prospect. I think Danny Welbeck's had his chance, but I think Iwobi is now sort of we'll probably figure out what's going to happen with the Woby in the next 18 months or so. Uh, and obviously we've got um, the young boy from France. He's just sort of,
1: all of a sudden we have a 19 year old prospect who's really smart start games and it's, it's fantastic. I, I still don't know what to think about him. It sounds exciting. And I, I played striker when I played soccer. So midfielders, I've, I've never really been able to understand that position and what, what like uh, attributes and skills you need. But, from what I've seen, his heart and his desire, and even like his 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 uh, his tactics and passing, like he seems like he can be the real deal for us.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's been a pleasant surprise.
1: I mean, I mean it just sort of happened. We we signed him, and
0: I kind of thought he would be a bit of a like a, a project player, and he might start a few games at the end of the season. Um, but he he looks ready to go. He he's not afraid of the moment at all. He's He's tough. He demands a lot of his teammates. It's uh, it's it's a pleasure to see. I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I think it, like, it's not his fault we lost these games, but I think it might be time at some point to to rotate and either take him out and put Torreira with Shaka or give Elneny a chance too. Like, yeah. it's good that he's getting his time, but if unless he's that great at his age, we also need to like rotate and make sure. If, if we're not winning with him, it's not necessarily his fault, but like change things up or maybe give him a different partner. Because the past two games he worked with Shaka, So maybe if it's him with Torreira, like you were saying before, it could be different. And also not to mention, he played against Manchester City and Chelsea, which also you can't expect someone like him to, to be like the, the hero.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's,
1: uh, we've got a pretty good
0: fixture for the next five games, I think. So, um, I think like I, I eight. Think I think like the next eight games are winnable. Yeah, I think the, the hardest fixture we've got is Tottenham, and we usually play
1: really well against them. That's, I think that's, like, after the eight games. I think we have, like, a really decent amount of games, and then it's Tottenham. Okay. Yeah. Liverpool, I don't um, know, something like that. But yeah, we've got, we have, like, it's West Ham and then, like... Uh, Cardiff. West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham, Leicester, Palace... And then Liverpool, so we have like
0: yeah geez. September and
1: October are all winnable games, basically,
0: yeah, and I just feel like Emory's going to demand a lot of our guys, and uh, I think where we're going to understand our development is when we play against pretty much these next eight games because we you know we tend to go and, and lose or draw that game away to Fulham, for example, or last year we you know we, we get it's nil nil until the seventy eighth minute and we're like sort of looking for that that last minute goal. And so it's going to be interesting to see how we play in these road games against the sides who are not quite in that relegation zone, but still sort of battling. Um, I think that's where we'll understand whether or not we've progressed. I think we will be better. I I definitely like what I've seen from him and the group seem to be pretty cohesive, even though there's sort of, they don't really, they haven't understood the game plan or they haven't been able to
1: execute it perfectly yet. Um, But you can definitely see flashes of it yeah given what we saw against Chelsea on the road for them to come back from two zero like I'm completely optimistic about like pretty much every aspect with this team so far like yeah I don't, obviously like defense has been our biggest weakness and it'll be curi- i'll be I'm very curious to see once Kashelny comes back if he'll be taking Mustafi or uh, Socrates out but uh i'm I'm so excited for the rest of the season
0: i'm a little bit um... I'm not so optimistic on Kishoni. Uh, I think the, the Achilles injury at that age is uh, is it's it's tough to come back and the position that we need him to play. I just I have doubts as to whether or not he can be back to his best. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I hope. I mean, I love him.
1: I love Kishoni. What he's done. Once for he's fit, up. he's gonna play. Like it's all it's yeah. all back to his his uh, his fitness because he is the captain, and I think Emery said like many good things about him. So. Once he's ready to play, he will get back in.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that one goes. How did you – I want to know, how
1: did you begin your Arsenal, um
0: you know, support? Where did it start for you?
1: Uh started with Henri. Like, uh I was living in L.A. and playing soccer, and I needed a, a, someone to follow and look up to, and Henri was the guy. And – for better or worse, I chose Arsenal and I've been sticking with them since like two thousand four, two thousand three. Like I basically started following them after the Invincibles, but I didn't know about the Invincibles season probably. So I, I wouldn't I'm not like a bandwagon at all from that perspective, but I've I've stuck through all the bad times because there hasn't been really any good.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now it's it's gonna be worth it. I think I think when you when you sort of go on that journey with the club. I think we'll definitely get to the top again. It won't take us, you know, 20, 30 years. I think we'll certainly win a Premier League um, title before then. Uh, so I think, you know, we, we've had to endure a, little, quite a quite a lot as supporters. I mean, I've only, like I said, five, six years now, and I've already felt like I've endured a lot. Um, <laughs> there's been ups, there's been downs. I think people take for granted how good it was to be in the top four for so long. Um, yeah, I know that we didn't win titles, but you're always at some point in the season. You're always a a premier, like a a title winning threat, and sometimes that's sometimes that's that's good that's good enough for, for teams. So um, I think now that we sort of we don't have that expectation for this season anyway. Uh, I think
1: I look back now and I, I probably appreciate those times a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Like. Mm. I don't know what my expectations are from the beginning of the year. Like when I picked my like uh, predictions from the season, I basically did 19 teams and left Arsenal out of it. Cause I legit can see Arsenal I, naively. I might've thought they could be first place, but realistically I didn't think it was possible. But I can, I, from the beginning of the season, I felt like Arsenal could finish anywhere from second to like 15th. Like we're not gonna get relegated, but I can see it going terribly. I, I don't think so anymore. But not knowing Emery and just seeing what happened with Man U when Ferguson left, I, I, there was a theoretical situation of it getting that bad. But at this point, even though we lost the first two games, my, my expectations is we, we just got to finish above Tottenham. That's got to be the, the thing. That should, obviously, <laughs> obviously, that should be us also getting the top four. But if we finish above Tottenham, that means we're, we're doing – things are back to normal again.
0: Totally agree.
1: Totally <laughs> Totally agree. And it should be done. They're not that good. They're not that good. I don't get why they keep fucking winning.
0: They got Harry Kane, man. It's fucked. (laughs) I know. Yeah. What
1: about the uh, NBA? You follow the NBA? Unfortunately, no. Like, uh, my dad's Canadian, so hockey got into my family first. So, hockey's actually, like, my one true love. And then soccer. And then kind of everything else falls along the wayside. But... I've been, uh for the past two years for my school, I've been doing a sports show, like a radio show. And because of that, I've been getting more uh, familiar with like NBA and tennis and golf and all the other, like t- NBA is like obviously one of the big four, <laughs> big four sports, but I've been getting more familiar with the the lesser popular sports like tennis and golf. And we even did like Tour de France at some point. I st- I'm not going to get interested in that, but like we we covered like all the sports that we could. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, what about, are you familiar familiar with footy, Aussie Rules footy? I'm only familiar with it from the standpoint of I've seen it, been played on TV when I lived in America. But other than that, I really don't know much. I know it's similar to rugby, but not really. And yeah, anything I would say would be very, very ignorant of me. And I'm going to save my humility by just shutting up now. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's um the best way to
0: describe it to someone who's never played the game or seen it is is yeah it's it's a hybrid between I don't know like it's got aspects of rugby it's got aspects of you know soccer basketball but you know when you actually watch it and un- understand it you'll realize that it's genuinely its own sport um but uh, yeah, you're uh, you're more than welcome to come and join me one day and and come and watch a game. Uh, the play the the finals are on soon, which is what I guess you would call the playoffs. Um, <laughs> uh, we also have a, a team here in Israel that I've, I'm coaching called the Tel Aviv Cheaters. So it's a bunch of locals who somehow found the game one way or another, and um, we sort of put together a, a team. And we basically train every Monday and it's, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's been a pretty cool initiative. I uh, just yeah. sort of fell into a coaching role with it.
1: Yeah. Like uh, Tasha told me about it when uh, I was interviewing her earlier. Like I, I'm to- like I assume once I get more time, cause for the next uh, month or so I'm going to be busy doing this paper and then I have a documentary that I need to edit that I filmed over the summer. But once I'm like more free, like I'm totally down to, to get into this more cause one thing i've learned from the past from like from the beginning of sometime halfway through last year doing the radio show and then with the world cup and then for the past month i was working summer camp and kind of just like start like refreshing my mind with everything i've just fallen in love with sports all over again just getting into different sports and all that sort of stuff
0: yeah nice
1: well um
0: yeah let's um, yeah let's tee it up when you when you're free yeah, And, um, yeah, let's definitely get you on the show a bit more. Uh, maybe we can get after the, the, the West Ham game and um,
1: get a bit of re- of a review going and, and see how we go. Yeah, totally. I would love to – either you can come to Herzliya or I'll come to Tel Aviv or we can go to some like uh, bar to watch one of the games. Yeah, done. I'll come to Herzliya. I've been there once and I absolutely love it, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. I'm like, uh, I'm only gonna be like, uh, I'm going back to live with my, my family at the end of September, but if you come anytime in the next month, like, uh, come watch the game for sure. I got like the channels and you can watch. Sounds good. Sounds good.
0: Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, Mike, thanks so much for, for, uh, for having me and thank you for all me. goes well with the, with the paper. I'm sure you'll get a, a pretty good response from it. And, uh, yeah, if there's any, anything else I can do to help, just, uh, reach
1: out to me. No problem. Thank you for for doing this for me. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. See ya. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.